You're listening to your art friends, Beth Radloff and Andrew Thompson. They're about to have a thoroughly unserious discussion about art. But don't worry, whether you're Da Vinci or the worst, there's room on this palette for every color. If this is your first time listening to Creatives Brainstorm, be forewarned, because once you start looking at life like an artist, there's no undo button. Beth and I'm Andrew and we're we're your your art art friends friends. let's get thankful dude uh speaking of being thankful I am having a fantastic week yeah I think so I mean it's only Tuesday but that's good (laughs) (laughs) I got accepted into San Diego comic-con special edition and I've been spending the last geez full week maybe mm-hmm. designing and purchasing and uh scheduling out prints and packaging and table decoration and banners and all these things anybody who's listening to the show who has ever done a convention i commend you it is so much there's Thanks. so much to think about <laughs> 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 oh, for real though, dude. Like there's so much to think about, especially when you're starting out because um once you have a kit for traveling mm-hmm. and you've done it at least once, I imagine that it's easy to alter it and change things and adjust. But when you've never done it before and you have to buy everything outright. Yeah. Lordy, lordy. I also told Andrew that when I helped him out at Gen Con, he gave me a bonus. He gave, well, he paid me. He paid me for helping him at Gen Con. And all of that money is going towards my booth setup. And so like a rich family donating a bench to a college, Andrew Thompson <laughs> is the reason why I have a booth in the first place. I want to make like a little plaque. Be a little plaque. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I put my plaque on the front of the table and people be like, what's that about? And if you're at the con, I could be like, oh, Andrew Thompson over there is he's an investor. <laughs> he's an investor. <laughs> oh, that's I great. wouldn't be here. You're going to make people think I have more money daddy. than I really do. <laughs> that's what being rich is all about, my dude. That's fair. I guess. Living a rich life is convincing other people that you are doing better than you are. Why do folks buy fancy cars? But for that. You're talking to somebody who instead of instead of buying fancy cars to show off, I, I buy magic cards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a car guy. I'm a card, card guy. guy. <laughs> <laughs> now you just walk around with like a magic card cape showing off all of your all of your wealth. It's like that uh the the person who made the samurai costume out of like beer boxes. Mm-hmm. It's like that, but magic cards. <laughs> but magic cards. <laughs> but I gotta say, one now that I am done buying all of the things, mm-hmm. I feel elated. It's like wonderful. Now I'm just waiting for Christmas. I'm waiting for prints to come in. Yeah. And then I get to be all excited about the prints when they come in. And I get to mm-hmm. set up, I have a table set up in my office right now. My office is an absolute wreck. <laughs> Lord almighty. I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> Dude, you have a messy office too? Well, like whenever I prep for a con, like I have a whole nother room right now that's across from my studio that I've been using as my like con prep room. Yeah. Anytime I have an event, especially for the next upcoming event, Emerald City Comic Con, because I'm flying to that show. So I have to pare down Ah. what I'm taking because it has to be all under 50 pounds per suitcase. Now I have, is this foolish? I have a goal mm-hmm. to never ship anything to uh, a convention location because I'm real bad at shipping stuff. <laughs> I get nervous at the post office. <laughs> do you like so is it a matter of like waiting in line to do the shipping? Like what what about the post office makes you nervous? Of getting out of the door to go to the car to drive to the post office <sighs> in time for it to get wherever it needs to be going. If you've ever okay. purchased anything from my online store, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so bad at shipping things out on time. Uh, I, I promise to get better, but my promise might not be fulfilled. Anyway. Um, you would be too powerful know, if you could ship things on time. I would. I, I need to have some kind of Achilles heel, and that's what it is. 
basically, I want to have a convention set up where I can just put it in a selection of suitcases and bada bing, bada boom, that's all I need. I, I think to a degree that's doable. I think if you get to be a, a rather large artist, you might have to ship stuff. All right. Well, I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. Yeah. I just don't want to do that now. Oh, that's fair. I don't ship stuff. The only thing that I'm not flying with out to Emerald City Comic Con are playmats, and I'm shipping those directly to a buddy of mine. And that's what this podcast is all about. So I can make buddies. I can make buddies across the United States, and they can be my shipping receptacles. Yeah. As um, my friend Pooey likes to say, uh, we have satellite offices all over the country. (laughs) (laughs) I once overheard him talking to a customer at a con. And he was like, oh, yeah, like I'm part of this, you know, group of artists and we have satellite offices all over the country. There's one in Columbus. There's one in, in uh, Wisconsin. And, That's what I'm talking about. And You've then got he walked sound away. Rich. He <laughs> walked so away. Funny. Who walked no, away? No, no, the customer. The customer walked away. The customer walked and, away? Well, at, well, after he gets done talking. So like after he, you know. I think made a sale or something. Customer walks away. And I just look at Pooey and I was like, did you just refer to my house as a satellite office? That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Speak like you're rich. Act like you got money. Yeah. Your home is a satellite office. Hell yeah, dude. What makes your home any different from the home depot? Um, Which is a satellite office of wood. (laughs) (laughs) You should rebrand them. (laughs) yeah so now that i have all of the difficult decisions made and stuff's purchased and it's all coming in i just spent all day yesterday drawing and waiting and it was the best thing so i'm i'm riding a high today maybe all my prints will come in and they will look like garbage and i'll go no and and then everything will fall apart but i don't think that's gonna happen so i'm gonna keep riding this joyful high hell yeah it is is so satisfying when you get new products in the mail for like for cons and events because you have to you have to plan so far in advance and so you like get panicked but it's like 3 weeks before the con and then you order everything and then as soon as you place that order and you like hit confirm on the checkout like i feel like my stress drops by at Dude. least 50 to 70% now we got to figure out how to get that stress to not be there in the first place. How can... How, mm. I want to... Hey, guys, I want to have a stress-free job. Is that an oxymoron? I yeah. think so. I think so. <laughs> oh, be an artist. You just draw all day. No, you don't. You run a small business by yourself. I I'm think, an accountant, goddammit. I think the only way to have the stress-free like life as an artist and purely just make art and not care about anything else is to be a big enough name that you could just hire people to do the other shit for you. That's the heckin' goal, man. Be That's the, the be goal. the artist that all you have to do is come in and draw like a few things. And you had assistants who painted everything else for you and you just come in and like sign it. And it's like, voila. I don't think I'll ever be able to get to that point because I, don't I think haven't so. seen it I don't modeled think for me. I don't think I'll hit that point either. Well, we could. Hey, here's an idea. What? Should we hit that point for each other? So this is what we do, right? Like you come into my office and you give me your two sketches and then I do those two sketches and I'll also come into your office and I'll give you my two sketches and then you do the rest of my work. And so inadvertently, we have we have been the CEO and leader of our own company whilst also supporting our buddy by doing the grunt work for them. See what I mean? It sounds like we're just adding steps to complicate our already complicated jobs. But then... <laughs> We can tell everybody that we have, we hired somebody to do all of our work. (laughs) (laughs) Just so that we can say that, so we can be like, well, my assistant. hmm." My assistant. mm -hmm, I have an apprentice. Yes. (laughs) And, and because it's sometimes very hard for artists to commit to their own deadlines and respect their own time, but it's really easy for artists to commit to other people's deadlines and respect their time. Yeah. 
will be more productive. Maybe this is a brilliant idea. It's not, but maybe. <laughs> maybe. Would that make us each other's mentor, dude? <laughs> <laughs> it's week three of Thanksgiving where we talk about the friends, family, mentors, and rivals who got us to where we are now. Last week, we talked about family, and this time around, we're going to talk about mentors. But first, would you rather? <laughs> All right, here we go. And it's, it's still mentor related. Okay. Would you rather study under an incredibly skilled but very mean monkey <laughs> or an enchanted pumpkin who is skilled and kind but will only exist as long as her pumpkin body can sustain herself before she decomposes? Ooh. So you have mean, will always be around monkey. Oh my god. And then you have nice, you get her for a month before she becomes mush pumpkin. The first thought that went through my brain was, well, if I want to be more like an anime character, I would choose the pumpkin because then I would have a tragic story about how I lost my mentor. <gasps> Season one arc. Yeah. That would be my Jiraiya oh my sensei. <laughs> Kamina. <laughs> but then there's also yeah. part of me that's like, or do I want to be like Yu Yu Hakusho and get the mean mentor? Kind of like Yusuke has, um, I forget her name now, but this old lady who like. Old lady, but I love an old lady character so much. And she's like super mean to him. And so I'm like, hmm, what, what anime do I want to be? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like... I, I don't respond well to the mean teachers, so I would probably go with the nice teacher and then and then, yeah, have the tragic backstory. That's a good way to think about it. Responding to the mean teacher, responding to the nice teacher, because I had a mean teacher in college for a class. And I remember finishing that class and being very burnt out, feeling like I don't know if this is right for me. Type of burnout. <laughs> Damn. So I I grew up with a uh, I like my mom, but she was very critical. Mm-hmm. And so anytime that she's an artist herself, and anytime that I would show her something, she immediately would point out things to improve. Yeah. And so I I I don't know what kind of seeds that planted in my brain, but it did cause me to desire very badly for all of my teachers to think I was the best. Mm-hmm. Um. And so I always wanted a mean teacher. I never got one. I always heard about in art school that there would be teachers who would take your work and rip it up if it isn't good enough. And I remember thinking, like, I want to be in that class and I want to be the person that the teacher does not rip their paper up. I had teachers who who had done that back in the day. But yeah, it's not allowed anymore because it's abusive, turns out. Yeah, just a little bit, you know, (laughs) just a smidge. When you're 17, you're like, oh, this is how it, the adult world works. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's not. It's not how it works. Anyway, I never had that experience. So I can't actually speak to whether or not I would respond well to a mean teacher. Yeah. For I have been lucky. But what are you going to do with the pumpkin's body after it's dead? Um, uh, back to animes. How would, I, how would I honor my sensei? Do you burn her? No. Do you bury her? <clears throat> Do you eat, consume? Do you consume I think her it's, body? I think it's... um. Maybe. Do you blend her into a candle? <laughs> Turn her into paint. <laughs> Turn her into paint. Coat your this walls like mummy in her brown. blood. <laughs> 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 um, I don't know. I'd probably like... It, it, honor my 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 mentor and maybe like create a little like nice little shrine little like corner of my yard that's just like has some beautiful flowers maybe i'd plant a pumpkin like in in their honor like a dog's grave yeah (laughs) (laughs) i think that's sweet i like the idea of like you you put her into the ground and then like a pumpkin patch grows from her right and then one day after you've had a child and you've grown old and passed away, the child goes out to the pumpkin patch and from it, a new mentor grow. <laughs> Suddenly, like Frosty the Snowman. Yeah. 
a new I have a s- idea for a children's story, my dude. <laughs> there you go. That's how you get that passive income. <laughs> Make that Amazon book. So let's talk about the question. What makes someone your mentor? Do you remember that time when we were children where like anybody who was just like over 10 years older than you, you're just like, yes, mentor, wise person, old teacher. Yep. If you're taller than me, you are who I aspire to be. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was the t-shirt I wore. (laughs) I remember when I was a little girl, uh, the women that I looked up to, Mm because it specifically, it was, you know what? I admired women when I was young. Whoa. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Bad having all the, realizations on the podcast. <laughs> all of the people I looked up to, I thought were like badass women. And the older I got, mm-hmm. flash forward, I found out that no, they were very troubled people, turns out. But when I was a kid, I was like, ooh, leather pants, studded belts, different colored hair, and a loud mouth. You're just perfectly describing your exact look, Beth. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) What have I become? (laughs) Yeah, I I really looked up to boisterous women um, because I thought that's what I thought strength was. That's what I thought being cool was. And later on found out like, oh, no, those are all like. It's with these women in particular, these were all defense mechanisms, and you don't you don't need to ordain yourself with all that in order to be confident. But when I was a itty bitty, yeah, you did, <laughs> yeah, you did, and it was cool. Who did you look up to when you were itty bitty? Um, did, were there any types of adults that you saw and you were like, "That is the goal." Oh God, uh, I had a I had a cousin who I looked up to that was a lot older than me. Like, I was probably, like, five. Did he wear, like, cool Target t-shirts? Maybe this this cousin... Was he great at Super Smash Brothers? It, mm, Super Smash Brothers wasn't a thing yet. This was, like, first era, first Game Boy era. Like, big, chunky brick Game Boy for AA batteries. Did he have his entire Pokédex filled out with 151 Pokémon? He didn't play Pokemon, but he was the person who I got my first. What are you looking up to? What about him was cool, dude? I thought he was cool because he was was like he was like the the rebel, pierced ears, the goth kid, basically. (gasps) Okay, now you're speaking my language. And I thought he was cool, Um, and he was also really nice to me when I was real little. Goth kids are fucking nice. Yeah, that's not to say that like that changed as we got older, but it was like oh, he was like. 12 years older than me or something. So like by the time Mm -hmm. I got to like uh, middle school, he was like at college basically. So it was like, yeah, we're not going to like hang out and have cool things to sure talk about age gap there. Yeah. So what I'm hearing from both of us is that one component to we like the hex girls is what you're. (laughs) 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 But the key thing I'm picking up on is that for a mentorship one component of a mentorship is that you have to admire or look up to yeah. that person who shall be your mentor. I was thinking about this earlier and is is wanting somebody to like be your mentor just the career way of simping? <laughs> <laughs> hey, if it only goes that far, just wanting someone to be your mentor and like doing things for them and servicing servicing them what would servicing them even look like <laughs> doing research for them cuz simping is when when you give 100% with nothing in return mhm i guess it would be those like the the like running to get them coffee and just being around them to like learn how they how they do things yeah that's career simping cuz <laughs> simp that so so if you only have the one component you become a casimp <laughs> why the, the second... fuck didn't I think of that <laughs> <laughs> it never fails that Kasimp. each week oh this episode's going so smooth each week we see someone do something creative that makes us say why didn't I think of that so before we move on with the show let's applaud those who did it first so what is your why didn't I think of that? You know what? Every single week I could pick 
a piece from Wizard of Barge as my why didn't I think of that? Because mm-hmm. that's what I'm doing. Wizard of Barge did another. He knocked it out of the park yet again. He's been an artist feature on the show. He's been a why didn't I think of that in my own personal heart. And you know what? I'm not going to prevent myself from pointing out obvious plant or wizard of barge like the artists who i keep seeing over and over and over do Mm -hmm. things that make me say this i'm gonna bring them up over and over and over on the show so here's another one that this boy done done did and it's a print it's a poster print it's a little alien guy walking by himself on the surface of a planet and it says the only thing wrong with me is that i thought there was something wrong with me (laughs) that's very sweet i need i need to post I want to take every print the Wizard of Barge has ever made and make a wallpaper of it and put it all over directly to the right of me and my my monitors here so I can look to the right and remember all the mantras that are good and healthy. Yeah. And it'll it'll be like my my alien calm wall. <laughs> Do you know what that sounded like? I said calm. I know. I said, cal- does it, did it not sound like calm? Just calm in general as a word sounds very much like another word that would be calm. suggestive. <laughs> it's my alien calm wall. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Perfect. So that's mine. What's yours? Um, mine is a thing that I came across originally on TikTok and then I looked it up and it's called Project Soap Bottle. And it's a liquid soap that the container for it is actually hand soap. So once you finish what? using the liquid soap, you can then use the bottle as hand soap. What? Leaving the uh. only thing left is this piece of metal that you use to like open it and then close it while you're using it. Oh, it looks like a bar of soap. Yeah. This is innovative. This is innovative. Personally, I will not be purchasing this thing. I hate soap bars. I hate them. Yeah. And I hate them because my dear husband, my sweet, loving, wonderful, tall, hairy husband, he... (laughs) I wondered if hairy was going to be one of the adjectives that you would use. (laughs) (laughs) He he made a couple soap dishes Mm -hmm. and... I hope it doesn't listen to the show. They're so bad. <laughs> They're made out of plastic. And one of them had like a bunch of Star Wars emblems on it. And I don't want to yuck his yums. You know, if he wants a Star Wars soap dish, who am I to say no? Yeah. So we have a Star Wars soap dish. And that's fine. Except that he doesn't clean the Star Wars soap dish. Mm. He just puts more soap on it. And so now... <laughs> You can't tell it's a Star Wars soap dish. It's just coated in yellow gunk. It's so (laughs) gunky. (laughs) So I will not be purchasing this because I have been cursed with a life committed to soap scum because I love my husband and his his interests. I I just thought it was a really cool idea and very smart because, yeah, cuts down on on plastic waste. It's innovative. Yeah. Does it look does it look bad halfway through the the using it of it? It probably gets a little deformed. <laughs> I'm guessing. <laughs> like like it probably looks real sad towards the end of its life. <laughs> kind of like that pumpkin mentor. <laughs> 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 Except I won't be burying this in my backyard. Well, speaking of pumpkin mentor, the other component I think that you need in order to have a mentor is the mentor themselves desiring to guide. Ah, yes, that's fair. It's a two-way street with this one. Yeah. He who wants the teacher and he who wants to teach. She yes. who desires the mentorship and she who desires the mentee. Yes. Together, no simps. <laughs> yes. Does a mentorship need to be something that you pay for? No. Is a mentorship transactional? Sometimes. Sometimes you can pay for them. Yeah. I think it's a matter of fact, there is somebody who I want to give money to, to mentor me, but he won't answer my emails. (laughs) (laughs) Not because he's avoiding me so far as I know, just because I think he's bad at answering his emails. Yeah. Which will make him a perfect mentor for me. We're compatible in that way. Yeah. That's actually the test. 
if they don't answer wait what, what's the test <laughs> the test is 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 one day he will respond and then if you respond too soon you fail the test <gasps> but if you take like three weeks to respond and you open up your email with thanks for being patient with me <laughs> thanks for being patient with me <laughs> then then before you even finish your email and hit send he'll just know and you'll mm-hmm. just get a follow-up email that's like welcome student <laughs> you have said the magic words guys i'm gonna give you those magic words for free if you're listening to this podcast and you are shit at answering emails on time and you find yourself all the time saying like i'm so sorry for getting back to you so late i'm so sorry that i'm a piece of shit i'm so sorry that the only thing i can't do in my personal business is respond in correspondence cleanly here's what you do what do you do? Just never say sorry. You never say sorry. You instead say, thank you for your patience. Oh, I'm so forgiving. And then immediately address whatever the concerns were. And now you have the pants on. And you didn't take off your pants for a butt slapping the way that you do when you're like, I'm so sorry. Hit my butt. <laughs> Hit my butt. I've been bad. <laughs> Because that's what I see. If you ever apologize to me, I'm looking at you pantsless, ready for the slap. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, note to self, never, never apologize to Beth. We've been employed by the Great Artist Council. Great Artist Council. To write for the Weekly Artist Newsletter. Weekly Artist Newsletter. A super real and secret publication. That proves that art talent is actually just magic. magic. And the only way to know how to use it is to have a subscription. 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 <laughs> I can add the echo if you want. <laughs> it's funnier to me to do it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, Wait, sh- k- k- calm oh, sorry, down. Sorry. We're serious right now. This is our job. This is our job now. Okay. There you go. So what shall we address on this artist newsletter? I think obviously we should address how to find yourself. Oh, no. (laughs) How to not be a kasimp. We must guide the artists on the path of finding a mentor. Yes. We helped them find friends we've helped them earn the respect of their family and now we will help them find a mentor yes did we help them earn the respect of the family i forgot i think that's a case-by-case basis (laughs) so how do you get a mentor i think that you must make yourself desirable to be mentored and what do we all love coffee Coffee? You bring bring them coffee? Douse yourself in coffee. Smell like coffee. <laughs> Just douse, yeah. Just spend a week in your local coffee shop until all spend- of your clothing smells like coffee. If you don't have a week, then go ahead and pour coffee in your bathtub and soak <laughs> your body in coffee. Make sure it's not too hot, though. No, lukewarm. Yeah. Bath, bath water coffee. Put some beans behind your ears. Mm. Don't put your beans in your ears because then you won't be able to hear your new mentor's um, appro- approving words. It's a good call. Good call. I also think that when we see babies, we go, oh, oh, I want to take care of the baby. I want to, I want, oh, this poor baby needs my help, baby. So shave your head. <laughs> Maybe get a pacifier. Put a pacifier in your mouth. Yeah. And then, st- <laughs> no. <laughs> I was going to say stand in a field and make that like sucky sucky sound and see if it attracts <laughs> any mentors to you, but I don't think that will work. No, I don't think so either. Get yourself a large crib and put it in the yard of your mentor and then put yourself in that crib. And then cry, right? That's the last... It'll It'll stimulate their parental... Um, instincts er, instincts what are other things that you want to take care of plants dogs be a dog 
<laughs> um, Commission yourself a fursuit and make sure the eyes are very big. The trick is showing potential, but not so much that you understand what you're doing. Oh, so you have to express a little bit of a inclination or interest or ability. raw, Raw ability, but no training. So that they can, they can, they can help you hone your craft. How do you do that? Well, one, you need to make it clear to everyone that you want to be an artist. So I think making sure that all of your clothing has some remnant of paint on it. And all of your social media handles should say aspiring before artist. And, and you must invest in berets. Let's put a little asterisk at the bottom of this that says if none of these methods work out, um, a quick Google and the right amount of money can also net you a mentor. Although the quality is questionable that way. I'd recommend going with the baby option. Yeah. Hi, I'm Beth. And you know that. But what you might not know is that I'm a Denic Notebook ambassador. So why? Well... Back in 2018, my tax man told me I needed a planner, so I just went into an Office Depot and grabbed a cute one. It was made by a company called Denik, and that started one of the most long-term relationships of my life, because I liked that planner so much, I went ahead and bought five of their Stay Flat notebooks. I signed up for their ambassador program because I was already telling people to buy them. No one asked me to make this ad. I had to look up what they're called, but I just love the classic lay-flat notebooks. They have a Smith-sewn binding so their spines look tidy on a shelf. They're the perfect A5 size, and most importantly, they do indeed lay flat on your desk, regardless of what page you're turned to. I've never had to fight these to get them to stop creeping closed while I'm writing. And Denik works with and pays a wide range of artists to create illustrations for their velvety soft covers. So... If you're in need of a notebook, planner, or even sketchbooks, head over to denik.com, that's D-E-N-I-K.com, and enter code BRAD, B-E-R-A-D, at checkout for 15% off your order. That's denik.com, find your favorite thing there, and then enter code BRAD at checkout for 15% off your order. Thanks. Back to the show. Hey, Beth. Yes, Andrew? Can we talk about color? Yes, Andrew? Sounds like a a weird yes and game where you're like, yes, Andrew? Yes, and Drew? A picture. (laughs) Picture of what? Yes, porcupine. I haven't drawn a porcupine, actually. I haven't either. I was making it up. (laughs) So, this week, I have a question for you. It is... um, a choose all that apply type of question. Oh. Uh, ba, 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 ba. So there are several animals in the animal kingdom that can change colors. Ooh, which, okay. Which of these animals are known for changing colors? Not a porcupine. Uh, so the options are, yeah, not a porcupine. Mm-mm, I already know that one. Golden tortoise beetle, seahorses, flounders chameleons and cuttlefish and you can choose multiples you don't you are not limited to one choice okay 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 easy easy deezy chameleons change color that was a gimme that would be my rap name i want to be deezy (laughs) (laughs) okay okay sweaty cash and deezy let's do it i'm thinking so golden tortoise beetle, I want to see a picture. I'm not going to look any of this up, but I don't think beetles change color unless it's a trick question where like the infant version of the beetle was pink and then the adult version of the beetle was red. But you're talking about like chameleon style adaptation color yes. changes, right? Yes. Okay. I think seahorses change color. So you've got... Chameleons and seahorses. And then the other options are flounders and cuttlefish. Fish change color. Fish are fucking weird. (laughs) The passion. We don't know anything about fish, guys. Right? There's so many fish that are mysterious. They're mysteries to us. We thought dragons lived in the sea. 
when you say mysterious, my brain just went to like an aloof fish that like all the ladies want and that are just like, oh, he's so mysterious. He's like smoking a cigarette and has a beret on. Yeah. <laughs> He'd get a mentor like that. I, w- I think flounders change color and it's like weird. It's a weird thing that they're, you go, what? Ariel's friend is not always yellow. It's one of those things in my brain. So I'm going to say because of the rule of numbers, I'm cutting cuttlefish out of there. I don't think cuttlefish change color. So seahorses, flounders, chameleons. You're correct. Those ones do change <gasps> color. Yay! But, is th- what? But, oh, but so do the other two. <laughs> so all of them su- actually you change son color. Son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch! Oh, it was a trick question. Yeah, my favorite. Beetles change color. Yep, that type of beetle does. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay, now I'm allowing myself to Google the beetle. And you know what? I love him. Right? If you have the chance to look up a tortoise beetle, holy moly, they're incredible. You know, hey, the other day I was scrolling looking at bugs. Yeah? I was looking at bugs on the internet. Why? Just just because? Sometimes you do things that you want to do. And that's where I was that night. That's fair. And... I found a moth and the moth, when wings akimbo, it looks like bird shit and bugs eating the bird shit. That's mm-hmm. what the bird, that's what the, this animal grew to be a butterfly that is a painting of bird shit and bugs eating the bird shit. And there is no human story mythology that you can tell me that will make me believe in God. <laughs> However, that this exists, that there's, how, how, how does a moth know what that looks like from, how does a moth know to make itself look like bird shit? There was a moth that was just flying over some bird shit and was like, man, why didn't I think but of that? But it's not, it's, it's, I wish it was that simple, but moths <laughs> do not have brains such to think that way. It's so remarkable. I I sit and I and I dead sober am astonished by stuff like that. I think it was like an camouflage stuff happened. And then got and so the ones that, that grew to look like bird shit just stopped being eaten. Yeah. But so what? Did they try it? We a never bunch said of stuff the one the that looked like a Picasso. We just we're only stuck with the bird shit ones because these tortoise beetles look a little bit like Picasso's, gotta say. I mean, as somebody who's not a very big fan of of Pollock makes me mad that the moth that looks like a Pollock of bird shit is the one that lives. <laughs> Literally, look at look at this. Let's see it. Oh, it has shit, it like does. outlines. What? That shit looks printed. It looks printed. That's what I'm saying. That like, that moth is even... sublimated. That's a sublimated moth. <laughs> That is, that's if somebody... My, that's a new conspiracy theory I have. Duh. Moths are sublimated printed. That's so funny. It's just, what, what, what? We'll post it on Twitter so that you can enjoy it too. But if you look up bird shit moth, it'll come right up. <laughs> I love that bird shit moth. It's wild. It's amazing. It also kind of looks like the body of the moth plus the like splatter on the back of it kind of makes it look like a dick. A little bit. Yeah. So it's perfectly suited for our show. On brand. Wow. Well, thanks for showing me the uh, that beetle. I think that might go into yeah. my my menagerie of animals to draw periodically because I love him. He's the perfect little circular shape and he's golden and mm-hmm. he's any color and pattern that you want him to be. Like, yes, please. Yeah. Do you want to know a little bit why certain animals can change color? It's emotional. Well... Yes, but... Uh, and and they... for having sex. <laughs> yes, that too. Um, yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> they all have one thing in common, so they are what are called ectotherms. Animals that cannot generate their own body heat in the same way as mammals and birds, and only ectotherms have the specialized cells that enable color change. Interesting. And this usually applies to crustaceans, insects, cephalopods, uh, so that includes squids, cuttlefish, octopi, and their uh, relatives, frogs, lizards, 
and fish. Oh, I forgot that cuttlefish were like squids. I thought cuttlefish were like blowfish in my brain. They're like the chibi octopus. <laughs> I know they're very cute. <laughs> They'll come give you a little hug with their tiny little tenties. Yeah. Thanks for that. And now I know that there are some insects that can change color. That's nutty. He's wild. Let's talk about our mentors. Both of us have had many mentors. A hand, should I say a handful of mentors in our lives? Yes, we can fit them all in one hand. They're small men <laughs> and women. Um, but specifically about like being an artist, I think Andrew and I will tell stories about college mentors that we had. Yes. So for me, the one I want to share about, his name is Dave Chow. And when I went to CCS, he worked as a uh, professor in the illustration department. I'm trying to remember how this worked because I sort of fell in with Dave early on. I think when I toured the college campus, he was the one who like took me all around and we Mm. went into the basement. This sounds creepy. It wasn't. We went into the basement and he took me into like drawers of of old artists work, old student work. And we just leafed through things and he showed me all of this different concept art. The first Mm -hmm. time I had ever heard about storyboarding and concept art was from Dave Chow who himself was a storyboard artist. And he is just like eccentric, fast talking, very smart Asian man who he he was one of those artists stereotypically who would like sit down and just be sketching, constantly Mm -hmm. sketching. And he would crank stuff out at a rate that was astronomical as compared to everybody else in the department. And I really admired that because I was (laughs) somebody who would really admire that. Um, (laughs) I, I think a big part of why I live in Los Angeles is because of his influence on me to get into the film industry since he did storyboarding. And so he introduced me to this department all through school. He would like buy Ernie sandwiches for the class and we would uh, hang out during lunches all together and talk shop. I remember he was the one who told us all to design each other's business cards because it's easier to tell somebody else what their brand is than try to imagine what your own brand is because you can't see yourself from outside. Oh, that would be a fun thing to do for a future drink and draw. Totally. (laughs) He was who I went to when I had troubles with like interpersonal relationship issues in college. I would go in and confide in him. Um, And then senior year, you could choose any of the senior professors. uh, And Dave was one of those. What was, what was that class called? Senior study? We called ours the like capstone capstone we didn't have a fancy name for it was it oh i can't remember the name of that class yeah your senior thesis class okay it was something like that um i think there were like four different instructors that you you could study under and depending on your interests you would fall into a different category so eric olson was the painter instructor so anybody going with him was going to be focusing really hard on uh traditional acrylic Mm -hmm. painting and anybody studying with Gil Ashby was focusing more on like methodology and concept. It was like the most fine art of Mm -hmm. the illustration teachers. There was one guy who had just recently started teaching. So no one wanted to take his class because nobody knew him. Oh, poor guy. (laughs) And then Dave Chow, who was the fast talking industry, um, people who wanted to go into advertising or the film industry or commercial Mm -hmm. artwork would, would go with Dave. And it was really hard to get into his class but I did, and he was he was my mentor all through all through my senior year, and I I love him. He's incredible, and he's one of the few instructors that I still maintain a relationship with to today. And I'm like incredibly thankful for his constant support and presence. Like it wasn't just he wasn't a just a teacher. Mm-hmm. He was somebody who I could go to. He was someone who had a vested interest in me, who wanted me to succeed. Um, we would collaborate on like little zines. Uh, he invited me out to drink and draws. I, I know stuff about him and his wife, like they collect tiki. It was a friendship on top of a, a teacher, on top of a mentorship, and ended up being like a really important relationship mm-hmm. that persists to today. That's awesome. Yeah. Dave Chow. Cool dude. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. For me, mine would be a teacher named Joe Kovach at uh, my school. And he still teaches now. But when I went there, the the specific moment that I can think of 
that I feel like he crossed the threshold to become like mentor. Yeah. Um, and it all is motivated out of spite because it came from him telling me I was timid with color. Ooh. So I love this because like a mentorship doesn't need to be all like love and dandy friendship stuff. A mentorship yeah. can be like a, I will beat you. I will beat your opinion of me. Yeah. And that's totally what it, like, he said this, like, without meaning to, like, be mean or with no ill intentions, was just Whoa. honest and just told me, you're timid with color. Because we had just done a one-day painting, and we did, like, portraits of, of people in the class, and I painted my buddy Wes, and it was mostly, like, earth tones and then, like, some greens. Mm -hmm. And it was an oil paint, and he was just like, oh, you're, you know, this is good, but you're timid with color. And I just remember like stewing on Ooh. that for like Ooh, weeks. Interesting. And then like the next painting project we did in his class, I remember like using straight up like cadmium red right out of the tube. Like didn't mix it with <laughs> anything else. Didn't dilute it. Just just straight on the canvas. And I was just like, I'll show you, Tim, it with color. I'll show you, Joe. I feel like that was kind of what set me off on the trajectory of like being the color person because it was like, I must master color now. I must show him I'm going to go back with a sword made of color and I'm going to defeat him. <laughs> and and then like by the time I was a senior, he was he had become one of the professors that I would go to when I had like an issue with like um like the only one I can think of was um, I applied to Reebok to do their apprenticeship program. Mm -hmm. And I panicked because I had sat down and I had an interview like via Skype with, with some of the art directors and it went really well. And then at the very end of the conversation, they were like, Oh, do you have anything with typography in it? Cause I didn't have a lot of typography in my, in my portfolio. I submitted them. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I'll, I'll send you some stuff like after after the call, like you could see it. And I'm thinking like, OK, I've got my stuff from sophomore year when I took several design classes. And so I get off the call and I pull up this design work and I'm like, oh, God, this is all terrible. It's so bad. Oh, it's no. awful. I was like, I can't send them this. So I was like panic, like full on like panic mode. And I like. I knew Kovach was teaching at the time because it was on a Friday and um, it was like middle of the day. And so I was like, okay, I know where he's at. And I went to, I went to that building, went into his classroom. And then like during a break, I was like, Hey, it's like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and I told him what had happened. And he was like, well, he's like, just write him back and tell them one, tell them the truth. Tell them that you looked at the old work that you had typography with mm. or typography in and tell them that it wasn't up to your current standards and that you would take the weekend and make a couple designs for them and send them those nice. on Monday. Yeah. And I was like, I like the way you think, Kovach. So I spent the weekend and barely slept and made like five typography-based designs to send them on Monday morning and I sent those off. And then like, I think it was a week later I heard back that I got the apprenticeship. Joe, <laughs> well, Joe, who's timid with typography now? Yeah. But do you want to know the real infuriating part of the Reebok story? What? The following year after I was an apprentice and I went out to eat with some of the people I worked with who were full-time or art directors there. Uh, we went out to lunch one day and I was about to transition over into my full-time job at Reebok at the time. And so I was like, oh, like we were talking about the apprenticeship and when we all first applied because some of the other apprentices were at the lunch with me. And I was like, do you guys, did you guys like the typography work that I sent on Monday after the interview? And they're like, what typography work? <laughs> Oh. They they never saw it and they had made their oh. decision after they got off the call with me on Friday because they they liked they know, the chemistry they between what them it did and me. to you. They, but did they know what they did to your heart? No. For those four days when you stayed up all night making five comps. Guys, yeah, don't right? be desperate. <laughs> don't be like Just, me. Don't don't be like anyone else. Just be confident and smooth yeah. and cool. You know, that way that human beings aren't. 
Yeah. <laughs> What's that like? <laughs> What's that like? No one knows. We talk about it like it's some kind of goal that's achievable, but it's not. We're all a mess. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> uh, that is very good advice, though, to write them back and be like, I'm not I'm not going to send that to you because it's bad yeah. and I'll send you something better. But yeah, and I found out that they had basically like gone off the call and been like, yeah, we like him. We're going to hire him. It's because you got a good personality, Thompson. <laughs> oh, thanks. I feel like I didn't have any specific story about Dave to share. Do I have a specific story about? I I don't remember things about my life. So but yours is like this very wholesome, like encompassing story. Whereas mine's like I'm was it spiteful. <laughs> it's a good ping pong. It's a good. It's a yeah. good. Uh, you got the wholesome. You you're the sweet. I'm the salty. Mm-hmm. I'm the bagel. You're the cream cheese. Together. We're irresistible. (laughs) (laughs) What? I don't know. Well, here's a question that I have for you. Okay. Have you ever been, or do you ever see yourself as being a mentor to somebody else? Hard question for a teacher. What do you mean? I taught for five years. Sure, but like a teacher and a mentor are not the same thing. Yeah, I guess. I mean... I don't... Well, I don't think... Here, let me... Here, let me talk... What? (laughs) Lord almighty. Um, It's the transactional element of it, right? Mm -hmm. A teacher is a hired, a hired gun. A teacher is performing a service based on a job and teacher has like requirements set for them. A mentorship isn't like that. A mentorship is very fluid and it's um, interpersonal Mm -hmm. almost before it's transactional. I, I feel like as a, as somebody who has taught, I have been in situations where it's more likely to mentor somebody. Mm-hmm. And I've had a few students over the years who have reached out to me either after school or maybe outside of the classroom to be like, hey, I have a thing with like a freelance job or a freelance opportunity. Like, how do I handle this? What do I do here? Da, 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 da. And like some, some of them we've met up for like coffee to talk about it and to go through it and kind of, you know, game plan somewhat for it. Um, I did have a mentee a couple years ago who reached out to me and was like, Hey, I'm interested in paying you through like Patreon to, to oh. have you as a mentor. Like a like a proper hired he, yeah. mentor job. And and he and I did that for almost two years. So yes, I would like to do that more in the future. What about you? It's a difficult question for me to answer because the kind of stuff that I make on the internet, my streams, my YouTube videos, um, things where I'm like... F- my face is forward facing and it's not like a D and D invented character show. Yeah. It has like a mentorship flavor. I'm not an educational channel. I'm not going to teach you stuff directly. Yeah. It's not tutorials. Are you like um, mentor light? Diet I'm mentor, mentor light. I'm mentor lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm a mentor influencer. No, that's what it's, that's why it's weird to talk about because I've had other people say that I'm very good at being like an, inspirational speaker Mm -hmm. but i don't try to do that yeah and i've had a lot of young people reach out to me to be like i draw because of you i've gotten better at this thing because of you but it's not been direct um in the way that my relationship with my mentors have been direct which kind of pulls into question can you have a mentorship as a parasocial relationship Because there's people on the internet who don't know that I exist, who Mm -hmm. have been hugely influential in my work. I think somebody who I admire and a lot of people who have been online admire is Loish, for instance. Mm -hmm. Loish is somebody who I draw a certain way because of her influence on me when I was 16 years old. And I used to like follow her on oikaki boards. If you know, you know, and it's not a sex thing. Does an oikaki sound uh, it naughty? does, but I just love that you like just like you threw it out there like I've done this before. Like, <laughs> um, so in a way, she's sort of a mentor of mine, but there isn't that interpersonal back and forth. And I have yeah. comedy mentors, people who I admire, role yeah. models. Maybe that's the difference: a mentor and a role model. Yeah, <laughs> role model doesn't know you exist. 
mentor knows you exist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I was going to say, if we're going down this road, then I'm going to start being like, well, Mike Shinoda is my mentor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and and I did meet him. I of- did meet him. I don't think you share. Did you share this on the show? Ah, uh, I can't remember. Maybe one of the like, first episodes. Yeah. Um, so for, for anybody listening, if I haven't mentioned this before, I'm a big Mike Shinoda fan. Mike Shinoda is from Lincoln Park. He's also an artist and illustrator. And he and I were in the same art show for uh, a Star Wars themed art show called Art Awakens based on The Force Awakens. That's cool. And I caught him looking at my artwork and I went up and started talking to him and he was super nice and very sweet. He introduced his wife to me. Um, I have pictures of our interaction and uh, like after I got done talking to him, my buddy Joe, who was with me, just was like, that couldn't have gone like any better. Like you had the perfect like fan role model like exchange. Oh, everybody felt good afterwards. One of those. Yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't talk his ear off. I didn't like hound him as soon as he got in the door. Like I went up, introduced myself. We chatted for a bit. He asked me some questions about my work, how I did it, where I went to school, like introduced his wife. And then also asked if he could post pictures of my piece on his Snapchat. And I was like, yes. Congrats, man. I suck at it. I'm really bad at meeting people that I admire. Yeah. The only times that I'm good at it is if we're both at a bar and we're there to not be talking to each other. And I'm like, oh, guy I recognize from the Internet. I like your stuff. And he's like, thanks. I'm like, bye. I'm great at that. But like yeah. a meet and greet. Awful. Yeah. I met Tim. Uh, I met Pete Holmes once. At a meet and greet, awful. <laughs> I went to a gallery opening where Ollie Moss was there. I fucking love oh, Ollie Moss. Shit. I was a dipshit. I'm bad at it, so I don't do it. I stand yeah. back and I go, that's someone I recognize and like. And that's all this will be. For me, it's hit or miss. Because um, at AlexCon, I definitely had a very strange interaction with somebody. No! And it's it's not my fault, necessarily, because... The whole situation occurred because, one, they were an art director. I wanted to talk to them. And then, two, the last night before the last day of the console was Saturday night. Everybody was hanging out, drinking at the hotel bar, and we were all up really late. Um, This art director, they'd gone to bed. And at some point, we were, like, kicked out of the lobby of the hotel to go to sleep. And somebody was like, oh, so-and-so's hoodie is over here. And I was like, oh, well, I'm going to go to the main show tomorrow and you're not. So I can take it to them and give it to them. The person was like, nice thing to do. So I took the hoodie, put it in my bag. Next day I wake up and sober Andrew goes, is it going to seem like you're holding their hoodie hostage for a portfolio review? No. (laughs) Why'd you think that? I don't know. I was just in my own head about it. Um, oh, but then the weird part was I went to return the hoodie to them and they were like, oh, thanks. Somebody already gave me back my hoodie. And I went, what? Well, it's in my book bag. So that's strange. <laughs> I pull the hoodie out and they look at it and they're like, well, this is the same hoodie, but it is not my hoodie. Whose hoodie was that? I don't know. And the real awkward part about this interaction was the fact that, uh, they were like, well, I don't know what to do with this hoodie. And I was like, well, you could have two of the same hoodie now. <laughs> I think you handled that very well. <laughs> That's a really weird position. It was so strange. <laughs> and and I kept replaying it in my head after I like walked away. And the only saving grace of this is that somebody who I, uh, uh, an artist I admire and respect, and who I had confided in that weekend and told him that I wanted to talk to this art director. Uh, the only saving grace is that this artist saw me talk to the art director, saw me walk away, and then went up to the art director and was like, hey, what do you think of Andrew? And they were like, oh, yeah, he's got good stuff. And so yeah. had that not happened, had I not been told that, I would have been like, I can never talk to this art director Oh, my God. Again. Our <laughs> brains are a nightmare dungeon of 
falsehoods, right? Our heads are full of bullshit baloney, just like <laughs> stinky, rancid baloney that tells us that we're dumb and bad and that people think the worst of us. And it's not true. It's not true. Can yeah. I? I got a book. I just got a book. I'm going to go grab the book and I'm going to read the beginning of the book to you. I'll be right back. Okay. Story time, guys. So I'll close on this as far as mentorships go. There is a uh, artist slash content creator on the internet who goes by the name of Struthless. Campbell Walker is his name. And he made this book. It's called Your Head is a Houseboat, a Chaotic Guide to Mental Clarity. This guy rules. I don't know if I've talked about him on the show, but I have definitely had why didn't I think of that's in my own brain having to do with him. Yeah. But here we go, right? The first page of this book is a foreword written by Cassandra Dunn. It says, as a clinical psychologist and mindfulness practitioner, one of the most important pieces of advice I've shared with clients is to stop believing everything you think. The idea that thoughts aren't facts is a simple but profound concept, and I've seen it change people's lives. When you're able to step back and observe the relentless noise in your own head with an attitude of detached curiosity, your mood and behavior will no longer be hijacked every time you're gripped by a random thought. With this newfound distance between you and the contents of your own mind, you're free to create a new relationship with the complex and often contradictory characters and places in your head. So it's easy for me to listen to you Mm -hmm. catastrophize in your head and be like, Andrew, don't do that. It's easy for you to listen to me catastrophize in my head and be like, Beth, don't do that. What's hard is to listen to ourselves catastrophize in our own heads and then be like, ourselves, (laughs) our thoughts are not facts. Yeah. And that sweatshirt hoodie situation is a weird, funny thing. Who has the hoodie now? he does the art director he's got two he's that that's all i know so far because i i checked out of the hotel i couldn't go back and like leave it in the like the the lost and found why didn't you say it keep it it's yours now it was a large hoodie i wear smalls oh well it would be like down to my knees (laughs) man was like six foot something like it's not gonna fit my five four ass (laughs) <laughs> get some skinny jeans and then wear that hoodie over top of a, a and just go top. like ooh ooh, <laughs> ooh, ooh. <laughs> little dots under your eyes yep it's just a new look get get a pair of headphones with some cat ears on them that'll be my stream persona i look forward to meeting her <laughs> <laughs> do you have an artist you want to share this week i do and i just found them yesterday i was going through twitter ooh. wasting time as you do on twitter and I came across this this one specific piece that I was like, oh, my God, I love this piece. It's so gorgeous. Um, and their name, all I can find is that their name is Sherry. They don't have a website with like an about or anything like that. I checked their Tumblr. They don't have an about on there. Twitter, same deal. Their handle is Shrylia. And this one piece that caught me, I think the title is The Love That's Left. And it's a character and they're clutching their their chest where their heart is with with both hands. And they are made up of flowers and they're like glowing from the inside. And all the flowers are just gorgeous blues and purples. And then they're just like radiating this like warm pink. It's such a glowing piece. It's like loving to look at. Yeah. And all the rest of their work is great. Like they have... Fantastic character uh, designs and like the silhouettes of the characters are really great. Yeah, she has a wide range of skills. Yeah, wonderful environment studies of like bustling cities. And look at this, a She-Ra dedicated fan art piece that is in the style of Lion Decker. <gasps> I didn't see that. I'm so excited now. It's right up your alley, my dude. <gasps> oh, I love it. You found oh, I it. love it so much. <laughs> 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 Uh, it's so good your interests align (laughs) it really is it's kind of like a couple years ago magic the gathering came out with a a trailer for a new set and it was set to a slowed down cover of lincoln parks in the end and i like lost my shit so i was like two of my favorite things in one (laughs) (laughs) 
that's how you overload me is you just take two of my favorite things and just throw them together in a mashup and I will just mm-hmm. like crumble. Well, thanks for bringing her to our attention. Thank you for bringing that piece to my attention. <laughs> <laughs> you can tweet at us at your art friends, just like Shidian did. At Shidian says, why paint water looks so tasty and posted a picture of what legit looks like orange juice. Yeah, it does look tasty. Oh my God. Could you imagine... If there was like a bar, artist themed bar where like instead <gasps> like the paint sticks look like paintbrushes or the not the paint sticks, paint the stir sticks. sticks. What bars are you going to? Stir stick. But like what if you went to it was a bar where like where like they make the drink and it's all like clear and then the whole thing is like they grab like a special like stir stick thing and it looks like a paintbrush and they stick it in, it changes the color of the drink. That's a very good idea, actually. If you had that bar, you could go ahead and commission glass artists to make you glasses that look, they've been glazed in a way to make it look like there's paint stains all around Mm -hmm. the edges and dripping inside. And then whatever mixed drink you're making, it should look like shit. All of the drinks. Would it just be called paint water? Would that just be the name of the the bar? Yes. Paint water? Just paint water. And all the drinks are like a cloudy brown or a gray. (laughs) And like the the names of the drinks are just color combinations. Oh my god, this is a legit good idea. It is. You you don't actually have to. I, maybe it's not very sanit- sanitary, but like the mixers could just be paintbrushes. Yeah, as long as you're not using them to paint. Yeah. Or you are. <gasps> or oh, here's an idea. So, uh, the bar itself has uh, the tables are all covered in like paper, paper. <laughs> a certain kind of paper so that like you're as you're drinking your drink you can also use the brush to take the drink and pigment like paint on the page oh. on the on the t- <laughs> oh, <that's... laughs> it's so unsanitary because then you have to put the paintbrush back into your cup and drink from it and stuff but like yeah. i don't care it's it's in my head right now and that's what it is oh my gosh that's that's a good idea that would be so fun. And then the music would be at a regular level so you don't have to yell to talk to each other. Yeah. And there wouldn't be sports playing on the TVs. <laughs> it would just, just be Bob like Ross. Bob Ross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can also email us at yourartfriendspod at gmail.com. And that's, and me, and Mao I will do my thing. You can find me at Beth Rad all over the internet. I Twitch stream on Mondays, noon Pacific Standard Time. We will be scheduling another drink and draw pretty soon here. I've got some new ideas for the show. Schedule TBD. You can find Andrew at Schmandrew Art all over the internet. You got anything specific to plug? <laughs> uh, not really. Your shop's closed, right? Yes. But yeah, you can find me at Schmandrew Art everywhere. Mostly TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. And with that... We've come to the end of the podcast. Sometimes we were serious, and sometimes it was just tomfoolery. Shout out to famed 16th century court jester Tom Fool. Oh, but that's just what you get when two friends who met because of a shared love of making things and a bare ass hang out together. Bye-bye. Your Art Friends is a Park Media production. Our music is by Andrew Smith. You can listen to his music on Spotify and iTunes under the name Makeshift Radio. 